You're listening to the Practically Pastoring Podcast, where we want to help pastors and church leaders share ideas, become better shepherds and leaders, and have a good time with friends. Welcome to the Practically Pastoring Podcast. My name is Frank, and I'm here with my friends from across the country. We got up in Baltimore, Maryland, we got Jeffrey Simpson. Hey, hey, everybody. Down in Sumter, South Carolina, we got Delmar Pete. Good to be with you. Your, your library looks really good in the background. Um, uh, a, <laughs> the biggest Jaguars fan, obviously, we got Timothy Miller. Hello, hello, world. And we have, I, I don't know if he's there or not, but we have the Reverend Dr. Andrew J. Larson. <laughs> Greetings and salutations, everybody. Uh, Great to I be with know, you. I didn't know if you left or you were going to make an entrance. And now I know you were making an entrance. No, I just like to slide out of frame just to pop in and say hello. All right. Like well, uh, Tim Collinsworth. Dr. Andrew, right. it, your, your birthday exactly. was recent. Your birthday was it, recent, so you're, it, you're like 43 now, right? I'm 41. 41. Okay. I'm 41. <laughs> so, but it's, well, it feels like a big number, though. Like 43, that's insulting. How dare you? If you called yeah. me 29, I'm like, oh, close. But, you know, to be off by two years in the wrong direction, it's very hurtful. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, um, it's good to be with you guys. Um, uh, uh, real quick, since this is coming out on the Monday before Halloween, uh, answer the question that seems to plague every Christian in October. Are you trick-or-treating? Yes. Absolutely. Why'd you guys leave me hanging there like that? I answered Bro. quick, and you stop. Absolutely. Stop. Not only am I trick or treating, I've we, my wife and I went out and bought costumes this year. Like, I am I, okay. I, I full on like that's pagan too now? far, Tim. What are you going to be, Timmy? Well, it's not going to make a lot of sense unless unless you've seen the fall of the House of Usher. But there's a there's a masquerade sequence that that doesn't particularly end well. So we're we're attending said masquerade. It, so everybody is going I, to assume that your eyes wide shut. Yes, but we're not. Okay. okay. Is, is is the Fall of House of Usher about the rapper Usher? It is not. It is based on a series of poetry by a certain Edgar Allan Poe. I literally thought it was a documentary. A Baltimore about the guy. Rap- I thought it was a documentary. Yes. I just heard about it this Usher. morning right before we got on the pod. Now you're talking about it. This must be like Frank, the new thing. Frank thought that the chick on the side who had one on the way came and actually made Usher's whole entire empire fall. I thought it was the, 7 I thought, o'clock on the dot on in the, the drop, dot, top, on my drop top. cruising. And then the, the chick on yeah. the side who said she got one on the way, he came and this was his confession. And uh, now the whole thing is just going to – he's just going to let it burn. I legit thought – I right. mean we're in the year of like bi- biographies and docuseries. I thought the fall of the house of Usher was like – why hasn't Usher made new music recently? And it's going to be a docuseries about um, that. Isn't he doing the Super Bowl halftime show? <laughs> oh, yeah, I I'm think pretty he sure he's doing the Super Bowl halftime really? show. Usher's doing. I thought it was Usher's doing just fine. Super Bowl. Usher's wow. Usher's doing fine. Don't worry. Are about you that. doing? Are you doing Halloween, Frank? Are you dressing up? Peace out. A town down. <laughs> um, so unlike you guys, I don't have any kids. So me trick or treating is very real risky, buddy. Real <laughs> risky. You're Just too old to be like, oh, I'm an I'm an adult and I like Halloween. You're too old for that. If I see I... you trick or treating, <laughs> we're going the other way on the street. But you got a new say... dog. You can go out and like dress the dog up, give out candy. 
Nope. Meet the neighbors. <laughs> you can do that. You can meet stuff. neighbors, we, uh, say hello. That's fine. We decorate Christmas on Halloween Day, so our house is always dressed up for Christmas. Uh, and kids that's come to most, our house, we give them candy canes. That's the most evangelical thing to do. Is like, it is. On this d- well, day of demons, we will celebrate the birth of Christ. <laughs> I don't know. I, I like. I figure we put so much work into it. I just wanted up more than a month. That's my. I'm very pragmatic. It's dude. It's Dumb, the, Dumbars it's just the... more saved than the rest of us. <laughs> I'm Southern baby. That's the white evangelical <laughs> Christus Victor. Is what that is. Is that, is that what that is? That's that's what we're what gonna. That my new, my new mantra. Percent what that is. <laughs> well, okay, all right. So we with all that with all that said, let's let's dive into these questions. Um, both these questions do not come from our Facebook group. They come from the uh, first another... one's from Tim. Come on. The first one is from Tim. I am Actually, not I do think so. Tim, Tim, is, Tim is writing these questions. You added the that in for group. effect. Come on. Throw us <laughs> Trying to throw us. All right. He, he, okay. With, with, with Jeff saying this is from Tim, I'm going to read this. I want everyone to think that Tim is writing this. All right? I want Tim to read this in his ending voice. Hey, uh, Tim, can you read this for us? <laughs> Please. I, I have, I have the it. question here. And for the record, again, this is not Tim. But if He's winking, everyone. It but, it's quite literally going to be read by Tim. Tim, read this as though it is the last 45 seconds of your sermon. That's the kind of intensity <laughs> that I want that's, dude, as that's you read way this. Too yeah, I've heard you scream at people. Yes, but the last forty-five seconds, he's fighting back tears. So that's where we need to be here. Mm, that's good. <laughs> oh, hey, look, how dare Sam, you? Sam made made a comeback and did announcements on Sunday. So I was fighting tears during the welcome while he was thanking everybody for being there for him during his open heart surgery. So look, sometimes mm-hmm. tears are warranted even in church. So I'll go with that. Tim, come on, we were having fun. Having go for it, Tim. Read it. Read it. Here for we us. go. Made Question number one. Okay, am I am I going with the full on voice here? I, I mean, as much as you want. I need counsel. A woman at church called me today and said that she probably needs to leave the church. Asking why, she said that she was physically attracted to me. I was shocked. First of all, I'm 65, happily married, overweight, and have false teeth. So I know she has some mental illness, but... (laughs) It's the false teeth for me. (laughs) I was trying so hard to get through that line. Also, way to throw shade on this woman. (laughs) Seriously, I know she is bipolar with issues. I gave her my blessing to leave the church and said that it was probably best she did leave. Since then, she has called me three times. I did block her number, but that might make her mad. My wife did listen in on all her calls. What on earth do I do? Any counsel and advice would be greatly appreciated. Along with your prayers, Godspeed, my friend. Oof. Godspeed. He might, he might have really nice false teeth, like Joel Osteen grade. Mm. You know, that new teeth, teeth like, now commercial we always get during the race games. Like teeth, 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 teeth now, those look great. Joel so Osteen, you... his teeth are like his teaching. False. Oh my oh. goodness! I had to do okay. it, guys. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um. So how would you how would you, I mean how would you counsel this guy? I mean I think it's pretty straightforward. You need a new phone number, buddy. You know, yeah. If she's I mean, got I, your cell phone and you really think she's bipolar, yeah, I, I don't know what else to tell you. All of us, all of us have been in student ministry, so there, you know, we've all probably experienced like, you know, the the student that may have had to crush on the youth pastor, and it's like. Um, I've never experienced wait, Frank, that. Tell me about Frank, that. Frank, is there Frank. something you need to tell us? Like, is there yeah, a whole tell us, story Frank. here? Because Go ahead. It's not. You guys know what I mean. I'm How exactly did you I meet your wife, though. Frank? 
I'm very curious. Man, you walk oh. right into a trap, buddy. My wife is older than me, first Ladies, off. So. Remember, Frank wants you to slide into his DMs. <laughs> no. What I'm saying is, is like, people, kids, students have like infatuations with, with their leaders. And I think even in this next role, single women or whatever kind of infatuations with their pastors, right? So what I'm asking is, we've all been in situations where you're, have we not all been? If I'm the only person that's ever seen this? Tim, you're shirtless 60% of the time. I'm sure there's like people extra harding your photos. I, I, I have not experienced this as much as you have, Frank. I, I don't know <laughs> yeah, I, okay, what you've Frank. walked through, but I mean, right. sounds like you've got, I mean, you might have some Tim, I'm about to, experience here. I'm about to message the group a name, Tim, and then you're going to have to come clean. All right, Frank, I'm going to get you off the hook. Yes. We know that this happens. Thank you. I feel really but uncomfortable. Like I just wanted like, to see how long you would know, know, you know that. You know that situation where it's like, you know, you put your toilet paper a certain way and then you realize no one else does. And it's like, am I the weird one in the bathroom? It's like, this makes me really uncomfortable. All right. Talk to us. What would you do in this situation? How would you counsel this guy? I mean, I think he handled it. I, what I, I, would, I would also say, like, you know, if, if you want to leave, you know, Okay. Um, I would definitely make sure my wife was involved, um, and I would definitely make sure that probably an elder or two were involved in understanding the situation. Um, and I mean, I, I don't think you need to be that worried. She's saying she's physically attracted to you, but is she acting on that at all? It doesn't seem like it from this. So I think you've put the right guardrails in place in all seriousness. If the phone calls don't stop, yeah, block the number or maybe get a new phone number, um, and and then you know if if it escalates to that you may have to get law enforcement involved if it became a you know a situation of stalking or something like that which can happen in these kind of if you've really got somebody who's bipolar that really can escalate now what'll be interesting to see is if if this is a manic episode um with bipolar when she goes into the depressive side of it you know what's that going to look like and the question that i was thinking was like what responsibility would I feel as as a pastor, as a person who's kind of a caretaker in the community, if I know this person has this issue and they have this manic episode where they're telling me this kind of information, and then if they really have this attraction and it's unrequited, then when they go to the depressive state, are they are they potentially going to hurt themselves or do something like that? So there may be some steps you want to take in terms of just doing wellness checks or Maybe if you can find a way to uh, notify some of her family uh, or her friends that, hey, this situation has happened. I know there's this diagnosis. She has now left our church, which is a big change, which can be a trigger for things. So that's kind of the counsel I would give. But as far as protecting yourself, I think you've done everything you can do. I think you want to get elders involved, but there is certainly a line between protecting yourself and embarrassing this woman. You know, as – as pastors, we are called to minister to the least of these, and in our society, an adult with a mental illness is oftentimes the least of these, I mean, the, the most marginalized members of society. And so how can you best minister to this person without further marginalizing her is one of the questions that, that I would go to. And so, again, you want to let some elders know you probably don't want this in the minutes of an elders meeting, though. If that That's just me. In the way that that you know we're kind of that that I'm wired, and other than that, Jeff, I think what you said is dead on. Like you want to go to people that know her and care about her and understand her situation, that are not going to turn this into the next 
gossip fest in the church or in the community. So how can you care for this person? How can you point someone to Christ and use all of their brokenness to demonstrate their need for Christ? And uh, as is everything else we discuss on this podcast, it's a discipleship opportunity, if not a discipleship issue. This can be an opportunity for her to further and deeper follow Christ. So find a way to aim towards that and protect the sheep, even if that makes the shepherd a little bit uncomfortable at times. Yep, I would agree. I think you guys are right on. The only thing I would add here from a practically pastoring perspective would be if you have a safety team, just give them heads up because like you said, Jeff, if if there was going to be an episode, could something happen in church on a Sunday? I mean, one of our churches here in the area, they they had an episode last week. Andrew, I don't know if Riley told you it was actually at Calvary. It was it was a thing, and someone had to be escorted out. And it, I mean, these things happen, right? So I would say— He's texted me 15 times today, and I have not heard that story. I'm so mad at him right now. Yeah, my, my lead safety guy filled me in just because we were on high alert this week in case— because sometimes these people will travel from church to church. So we uh, I would say have a chat with, with your safety team. Make sure they're aware of the issue. But again, it should be done in confidence. No one should be— yeah, gossiped about or anything like that, but just making sure you've covered all the bases there. I think this is a good case. Uh, Jeff, you mentioned either blocking or getting a new phone number, but this is a good case for why I think um, when you have a, like a heavy pastoral care load to actually not give out your personal number and have either like a Google voice number or um, um, what's that thing? Zoom has their own like kind of phone number, like a Zoom number. I heard a church... I thought this was actually a really, really good idea, and this is actually um, this actually kind of falls into having good like work life balances, so you don't like um, bring work home type of thing. Uh, if you feel like you have to give out your number, have a whole separate cell phone that you know you can. It can even be like a flip phone, you know, it just needs to for phone calls and for text messages, and you can you know have a second line that you can get for the church and you leave that phone in the office and you're not bringing it home. So that way, when you come in, you can look at the phone, see if there's any text messages, return any phone calls. And that's the number they want to do to contact you. And then you can have like a good voicemail on there that says like, you know, if I'm, I'm unavailable, if you need someone contact the church number or whatever, you know, I think that, 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 you know, having, I feel like, you know, even in my church and all of our churches, we have, we're in a situation where like, you know, we feel like we have to give out a personal number, but giving out a Google Voice number or something like that is actually a good way to protect you, not just from situations like this, but just giving you like safe boundaries so they don't feel like you have to like give personal pastoral care stuff that could wait till the next day, you know, at your house at seven o'clock at night when you're with your kids and family, you know? We Thank get you. it, Frank. You have enough money to have two cell phone lines. I don't. Must, I don't must have two cell phones. Nice. <laughs> must be nice. I don't even have the and Google Voice number. His hey, church is so a... big. There's so many rows that you got to walk past. <laughs> Do you carry your two okay. titanium iPhones on each hip in a belt pack? Dude, I want the I want one titanium iPhone. <laughs> That'd be sick. No, you're gonna say something. Yeah, I just you know when someone if someone was to come and tell me that the first thing my mind would go is like, is she fishing right now? You know, so I'm like, I, I need to leave the church because I'm so attracted to you like that. That 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 could that could be the manic thing. It also could be like I'm dropping a lot. You know what I'm saying? So like I think pulling your elders in, having your wife in on that call is like you guys said is is so important. But then also at the same time, it's you know if you think you need to have to leave because you find someone attracted, 
Um, that may, like, how attractive does she find you? That she feels like she's going to, like, jump you or something? That she can't look at you? That's, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? So, so I do think having as many guardrails in place as possible. As far as your number, I mean, I think that depends. I know in my church context, I couldn't have a phone. I'd just leave it. Church. Because, you know, if, I just had a lady today. Her daughter's, you know, might be having, like, having some pretty difficulties. And her other daughter just had a miscarriage like two months ago and she reached out. Like I couldn't, if I left the phone in there, I wouldn't even know about it, you know? So I do understand. I do think an alternate route you could use to, if you don't want to give your phone number out is you could tell them, Hey, we're friends on Facebook. Just shoot me a message on there. Cause I, I use that a lot, right? Cause most people have Facebook now. So, um, I'll, I'll send people that route sometimes, especially if I don't know them. Hey, friend me up on Facebook, shoot me a message. Let's catch up. And I, I'll handle it that way. Cause that's a, that's an extra layer in between you and just like full access. I'm guessing because this gentleman is 65, according to the post, unless it's Tim who's lying, but uh, this guy is 65, so I'm guessing the lady is older as well, and I, I know, like, I, Del, I actually don't know the demographics of your, your church, but I know Jeff, Tim, and Andrew, spread. yeah, I know you guys um, do, like, lean more older in your congregation. I've noticed in my years of ministry Sometimes I'm trying to say this as gently as I think as I can. Sometimes older women are very like uncomfortably forward. They're very they, forward. <laughs> and like I've heard, I've had you know older women like you, you know, at like Christmas when I wear the, my tie once every year, they're like, "You look so handsome," and they're like touching my arm, and I'm like, "This is weird. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable." Is, is I mean, Andrew and Tim and Jeff, does this happen more often for you guys? I mean, Andrew, you're wearing a tie every every week. Are, the, are these old ladies just like Frank, throwing you? Once again, this caramels? is just you. There's something going on yeah, in your man. life that you he's need to tell really, us. He's an attractive man. He doesn't realize what he's putting on. He's tall, he dark, needs, and handsome. Look at him. Maybe he, it's the aroma. That's just that's a scent. Frank the needs get some more accountability. <laughs> it must be. There's something going on. Because I wear a tie every week, and uh, I'll check his eyes out. I, I don't have a lot of arm touching going on. It's dude. It's the ethnic ambiguity that people are like. Is he Samoan? <laughs> is he Cuban? Is he from the Middle East? I don't know, but I'm attracted. <laughs> I'm exotic. Okay, yeah. let's let's move on because you guys don't want to take this seriously. You're like the All frankincense right. of men. <laughs> Whatever. Okay. Question number two. Andrew, be gentle. All right. I'm I'm warning you right now. Um, our listenership has gone down ever since you started slandering people's wives. And so I don't want this to, to go well. Okay? Listen, Willie, we know your wife was involved. <laughs> how how do you run that scandal for 30 years and she doesn't know? Come on. She I, knew the whole time. She Shame drove that was the like, cars you were buying and stuff. That was, exactly. like 12, that was like 12 episodes ago. All right, here we go. <laughs> Question number two. This is a short one. Hello, brothers. I am a young, non-denominational evangelist looking for opportunities to preach. Red flag. I live in I live in Southern West Virginia. If anyone is willing to let me come preach, please reach out. Now, I the question I want to ask is not the conversation of him being a young, non-denominational evangelist looking to preach, I or being in Southern West Virginia. My the thing I want to ask is this. Uh, in that in that Facebook where I pulled this question from, it wasn't our Facebook; it was a different Facebook. There's a lot of people, like, basically throwing their resume on there. Like, if you need a preacher, 
I'll preach. And then, like, for some reason, like, a lot of churches, like, in Kenya were like, come over here. And it's like, it's, yeah. <laughs> have you noticed that? It's like yes. all these churches in Africa are like, fly over here. We'll let you preach for free. And they never <laughs> say yes. <laughs> they never say yes. But um, how would you encourage a a younger, maybe under 25 person who doesn't have a ton of experience or opportunities to preach who feels like they're gifted or at minimum wants to get, you know, some of those muscles worked out in preaching. How do they, how do they break into that opportunity to be able to preach? Find a place, volunteer, serve, be under somebody else's authority for an extended period of time to prove yourself. No one is going to hand you a microphone until you have grabbed a mop and a bucket and be patient. It doesn't just happen. Yeah, honestly, if I see this, you're you're very, you're the last person on the list I'm thinking to ask. Like this is a big red flag for me that you're trying trying so hard. Like you're you this is too much. Um and, and I would say how would I encourage a young pastor who wants to get in the pulpit? Well, first of all, you can't be a pastor until you're a pastor. So th- this idea that there are people who are just like churchless pastors, to me, is a n- it, it's a non it's not a thing. You can't be a pastor without a church that you're le- yeah, helping I'm an, to lead. I, I'm an NBA power forward. I'm just waiting for the right team to call. Right, makes no sense. So and it's and I don't want anyone to think that like I I hopefully you know and I would hopefully have people around me that would check me in the spirit if if this is untrue but i don't think i'm gatekeeping like i'm not trying to keep people out of the ministry i want more people in the ministry but at the same time i don't want people who are overzealous particularly when they when the first thing they want to talk about is the pulpit and getting in front of people um that's a that's a red flag for me and i would say that this go, this goes to that conversation about internal and external call and if you think that God is as sovereign as all of us think he is, you're going to get an opportunity if he's calling you to to do this. It may be a decade from now, uh, but play the long game. And as Andrew said, embed yourself in a community, serve a church, um, teach when you have opportunities to teach, and trust that the leaders that are there at that church who you're sitting under and following are going to notice and that and trust their own maturity to hear, you know, the, the the voice of the Holy Spirit saying, hey, you know, maybe give this guy an opportunity or their own wisdom saying, let's give this young guy an opportunity. Um, I would just caution you against putting things in a Facebook group. Number one, you you, you, you kind of come across desperate. I, I don't mean to be mean, but it kind of comes across like a little desperate. And number two, um, it's just it's overzealous to me. Yeah, or you could take the other pastor approach, go plant your own church now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's what a lot of uh, the guys who get kicked out of churches do. They are oh, just going to go plant, instead of submitting to leadership. But honestly, I think, you know, everything that the guys just said, 100%, Andrew, you were saying it as I was thinking it. You need to be under authority. And if, if that bothers you, then that's a red flag that you're not ready to be in the pulpit. So you could. that's something, that's a great that's a great litmus test. If you're unwilling to even go be under authority, then you're not ready to be an authority. So I, w- I would encourage that. But also, um, I would encourage even to, uh, you know, reach out to, to, in a lot of communities, even our community, there's pastors who hang out and grab coffee. 
You know, like spend some time with other pastors, especially if you're still working out your call. You know, man, some I've sat down with pastors, you know, 30 years my senior when I was younger, and they just said some like throwaway thing, and that thing is like shake the rest of my life. You know, so this is a great opportunity for you to be getting mentored, um, but it takes a little, you know, it's not going to come to you. You have to go to it. Sometimes it will come. Like there's a, there's a, a former student now, he's at Southern Seminary um, finishing up, but like he's going to be either a pastor or a professor, and he didn't come to me, but I saw it in him, you know, and then we talked, and he was like, now that you said it, I've always felt like maybe I can. He's going to be phenomenal. But that would have never happened if he never would have got into the purview of the ministry. You know, if he never would have crossed the path. Because pastors, good pastors, which I'm sitting with four other ones right now, like, they they have a way of always looking. You know, they're always trying to say, you know, good pastors always thinking, hey, one day I'm going to be dead. One day I'm going to be out this thing. We have to be training up the next generation. That's not just for seminary professors. You know, so, like, get 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 be under a good pastor. And if you are, you say you're non-denominational, if you're at a church, Here's what I would encourage. Have have a meeting with your pastor. If Does he know where you're at with this? It, it blows my mind how many people feel like they have this call and they never even tell their pastor. It's like, man, you need to go to your pastor because he can tell you, he can blink you so fast, you know, which is a good thing because a lot of times they see your six and, and stuff you don't see. So I would encourage you, if you've not, the first step I would take before, you know, going anywhere and doing anything is get under your pastor, let him know. And here's the great news. If he sees it in you and you're humble and um, that, and you go to him and tell him, he might even mentor you. You know, he might even take you under his wing and show you things. I mean, there's so much value in learning off the backs of others. So that's kind of what I throw at it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you guys on this. My, my first gut reaction is, uh, bro, where, where is your heart at? Like, is is the desire for you to speak for you? Like, do you just feel like your voice needs to be heard for some reason? I've, I've just had, I've had people come to me before with a, a similar urge and desire that I just want to preach, man. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know where or what, but I just, I just want to preach. And, and like you guys, my, my first counsel is always, where are you going to church? Are, are you sitting under authority? Are you sitting under leadership? Are you willing to to serve for a season, knowing that you might not get a microphone for a couple of weeks, a couple of months, maybe even a couple of years? Like, are you content that your voice might not be heard for quite some time? So this, and may, maybe you've already had these conversations, and you're you're just looking for outside speaking opportunities. I, I don't know. I, I'm with I'm with the guys on this, but I hear you because. If you do want to get better as a public communicator, it's kind of hard not to do if you're not publicly communicating on a regular basis. So I, w- I would encourage you to, you know, stick with it, get, s- get some good pastors around you and, and be open to, to maybe some, some different type of speaking engagements that aren't just pastoring, but ways that you could potentially involve the gospel, even if it's not on a Sunday morning could be a student ministry, could be a chapel. There's a lot of different ways where you could potentially share the gospel, even though it's not, maybe not your typical preaching uh, setup that you're you're looking for. I would add a follow-up to the question and say, what are you doing to prepare yourself? You know, there's, there are thousands and thousands of seminary trained pastors looking for jobs right now. You know, it's it's a very odd time in the post-COVID world that we're living in where 
lots of people who have recently finished school are struggling to find their first job. And then there are lots of churches that are trying to fill positions, but they don't want to take a chance on someone who is young and green. And so I would say, what what are you doing to to prepare yourself? What are you doing to get experience so that you have a church on the resume, whether that's as a volunteer position or you know visitation or, hey, church, can I go do prison ministry on your behalf and put the church's name attached to my name? Um, so what are you doing to prepare yourself vocationally, but also what are you doing to prepare yourself educationally? Because – and I get that not everybody has to have the same pedigree to be preaching and that God's going to call who God's going to call. But know that when people are looking at the resumes and they see similar calls and the one guy has eight years' experience and three degrees behind his name and the other guy says, hey, I've got this desire, um, they're, they're going to go with the more experienced person. Tim, Tim just said something um, that I think – is actually the secret key to not just becoming a better communicator and getting opportunities to preach, but ultimately, if you're young, because you say you're young, um, it's going to set you up for success. You know, later in life, is to be like like right now, go to a church and um, clear all the background checks and all that stuff, and serve in the kids' ministry to student ministry. If you can do that, and not just like. Give me an opportunity to talk to the kids about the gospel, but like commit to like pastoring those kids, permit to pastoring those students, going all in. If they have a curriculum they use, following the curriculum and not just throwing it away and writing your own stuff, like going all in, it will shape you and mold you because one, it will, you'll get those, the, the communication chops. You'll like learn how to internalize. You'll learn how to write a message, all that kind of stuff. But also... Um, you'll get all the tools you need to be a more well-rounded pastor if and when you get to have your actual own church. Um, every every campus pastor I've talked to on the Campus Pastor Podcast, almost all of them either served in students or kids ministry in some kind of way before they entered into that role. And, um, and I feel like every good lead pastor or at, at any church – has somewhere in their resume a student ministry or kids ministry background because it like really rounds them out to to to, to it, if you're talking to students who are disengaged some of them don't want to be there and like they're some of the like hardest student hardest people to walk in discipleship if you can do that successfully you can handle anything anywhere does that make sense if you can get a middle school boys small group to pay attention to you you can get Betty and Bertha in the fifth row to pay attention to you yeah, and not just that, but if you can explain like theology to a middle schooler, you can explain theology to anybody. You you you'll you'll be you'll be a great communicator if you can get if you can get your feet wet in student ministry or kids ministry. Um, I, I can't I, I can't stress this enough because it's like I think people skip it and they're like they just go to seminary and they're like I want to go right into the pulpit and it's like okay, but you're you're kind of like going to learn the long way, the hard way on some of the things that you could have learned in a safer environment with 20 kids. Now you're going to learn it in a difficult environment in front of, what did you say, Betsy and Betty? <laughs> like, the, 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 you know, all these people who expect more of you. So, you know, I have one more, th I'll, I'll one more thing. The, uh, I was looking at, it just says he's, he doesn't say he wants to be a pastor. He says he's an evangelist. You know, he feels called to go and event, which is, which is awesome. But hey, dude, you could do that in your backyard. You know what I'm saying? You're, would your neighbor stand on the other side of the fence? You know, like if you're gonna 
share that, you know, now if he's thinking more like Billy Graham or whatever, you know, I have seen some guys, they submit to a church and if he, depending on how young, if he is, is this guy still in college? Um, you know, get involved in like your college FCA or get involved in first priority or some of your campus crew, because in those, you're often going to have opportunities to participate in Bible studies, which are like, you know, more of a round sitting discussion. But that oftentimes, if you can, another thing, if you can lead a good interactive Bible study with application, that is also going to prepare you. It's going to keep you in the word weekly in a study manner. It's going to show you how to prepare notes. Um, and really, when you show up to a lot of those, especially like collegiate style meetings, um, you have some opportunity to engage with content a little bit more than you would say under like just at your church, because it is with these middle age, like middle, not middle age, like middle between kids and adults. So I would encourage you, if you are in school still, get involved in a, in a campus ministry. I had a college student who was volunteering at the camp that I was speaking at this summer, and she um, has a TikTok account dedicated to evangelism with you know twenty plus thousand followers to it, and it's it is her evangelism channel. So there are ways to be evangelizing. If you have a message that you think you need to get it out, there's lots of ways to do it without having a church paycheck attached to it. And it, it takes work. I don't think anyone is just going to hand anybody a platform who isn't willing to put the work in. And for most of us in vocational ministry, that work looks like school and serving under somebody else. But there are other ways to build a platform if you want to build it yourself. But I don't think posting a Facebook comment is going to get you that platform. And, you know, Jeff made a joke about it when we were reading the post, but like, you know, he said it's a red flag that, you know, he's an evangelist looking for an opportunity. And I think, you know, I don't I, – I know – I just feel like the the the, Billy, the era of the Billy Grahams and the, the traveling evangelists, I just don't know if there's a place for that. In, yeah, maybe in, like, I'm sensitive because of Rafi Zacharias in my denomination. You know. Yeah, but I, I just don't – I just don't know, even in the scripture, when God is gifting people with the gift of evangelism to be evangelists, if that was meant to be separate from the local church. Does that make sense? And so, like, I struggle. I know there's a certain traditions where there's this, of like— Of course it wasn't. That's in the same text as shepherds, <laughs> pastors, teachers. Right. And, and, and so this idea, though, where there, like, there could be a traveling evangelist that would go— Like, that feels like something that can only happen within a specific, like, denomination where, like, you are pulpit supply and you are, like, you know— giving really big evangelical revival messages. This idea of like, I want to be able to just to go to another church and speak without, I mean, I mean, I don't even understand like the, the context of speaking to a congregation that you don't have relational equity with and no connection with, um, and just expect other churches to do that. Maybe it's from a church tradition that I don't, I just don't understand. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see it because there's not a church that I know well, personally. It's, it's that does also that. from, Ephesians chapter four, you know, that, that there's a, a different role for evangelists and it's not one that we see a whole lot of these days, but it, it's a role that exists from looking in the group where the comment was made. He came back and made a, another comment about why he calls himself non-denominational. And so I, I think it makes sense, but there's a reason that those evangelists are typically not guys in their twenties. They're usually people who have been seasoned pastors who for a season are stepping out of one church and serving a plethora of churches. It's not typically a first step in a career. 
Yeah, it's kind of like trying to be the conference speaker without ever, you know, like having a business worthy to be a conference speaker. You know what I'm saying? I like what you said, Andrew. You came on really hard when you came on. It's like, show yourself worthy. <laughs> and it's like, but I get your point. It's like, I, I do think like the local church is not just the place where this all this stuff flows from, but it's the place where a person who wants to be in ministry can be trained up and, and sent out. And if we're trying to skip that and just say, invite me in to speak. Jeff's right. It sounds it sounds a bit like needy and and um, it's probably not going to go well. So, with that being said, brother, I hope you plug into a local church and I hope you uh, start serving either a kids ministry, a student ministry, and through that you'll get opportunities to uh, to to get behind a pulpit. Hey, this was a good episode. I've uh, I've enjoyed it. If you've enjoyed it, please join our Facebook group where you can. Ha- Post your questions. We've said this before. If you're in our Facebook group, look for Practically Pastoring on Facebook. You will, if you post an anonymous post, it gets our attention a little bit more. But if you just have a good question, you say, hey, I want this. I would love for you guys to talk about this on the show. We will put it on the show and we will talk about it. Um, I would encourage you, though, to look at our archive, though. Uh, a lot of some of the questions that have been asked, we've talked about before, whether it's questions about announcements, whether it's questions about um, – security and what would you do if there's an active shooter we, we've talked about this kind of stuff before we have you know this is episode one one seventeen one eighteen or something like that we, we've talked about a lot of things on this on the show so look at our archive there's hundreds and hundreds of hours of our voices that can be manipulated with ai to make us say all kinds of things but it's also hundreds and hundreds of hours of conversations where we want to help you become better pastors so with that being said i'm frank gill I'm Jeff Simpson. I'm Delmar Pete. I'm Andrew Larson. And I'm Timothy Miller. This is Primary Pastoring. See you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening. Get connected to other pastors by joining the Practically Pastoring Facebook group, where we get to share ideas and make each other better. <laughs>